and welcome to Freshly Squeezed True Crime. It's a mini. Yay, I'm Renee. <laughs> I'm Haley. Let's go. New York has a Statue of Liberty. Miami has South Beach. San Francisco, Alcatraz. London equals Big Ben. Every tourist epicenter in the world has a big ticket. The item the Chamber of Commerce can always fall back on when their bevy of traps fail to attract the mighty vacationing buck. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. The one thing that can always be pranced out for the masses. It's image copied and reproduced at nauseam. It is the region's logo and perpetual brand name. In St. Augustine, that prom queen beauty is the Castillo de San Marco. I love St. Augustine. I'm still here. The House of Marco? No. Castle of Marco. Yeah. San Marco. I did the lighthouse of St. Augustine. I did the uh-huh. old jail. I'm still here, guys. You like what you love it. That's I this is it. the reason why I didn't take anything in St. Augustine, <laughs> by the way. You didn't even say I knew. I I knew. This I automatically mine. did not take anything in St. Augustine. <laughs> the old masonry fortification in the United States, the Spanish built Castillo de San Marco to protect St. Augustine and help f- defend Florida. So it's the oldest. Uh-huh. Though St. Augustine was founded in 1565, a series of wooden forts first protected the city <laughs> for wooden. <laughs> Maybe when somebody walked by with a cigarette. <laughs> Bye! In October 1672, Governor Manuel Cebedoya broke ground on the stone fort that would become Castillo and the first coquina stone was laid. Coquina is a semi-rare form of limestone. It is only it is one of only two forts made of this material in the world. Really? Yes. Huh. Sedoya suffered a number of setbacks, including lack of funds from Spain and a devastating epidemic which killed thousands of Native American laborers and possibly Sedoya as well. He died in March 1973, leaving his wife and two small children in Cuba. Castillo San Marcos was completed in 1695. It withstood its first siege just seven years later in 1702. About 1,500 town residents and soldiers were smushed into the fort during the two-month siege. And another siege by the British in 1740. The Brits went at it again and once more attacked the fort, this time for almost three months. The strategy was to starve the 300 soldiers and 1,300 residents hidden inside the fort. The assault was a partial success, although the British forces under Georgie Governor St. Althaport retreated after the campaign. Hundreds of people lost their lives during the super siege, and twice as many died of cholera and starvation inside the fort. Mm. It never fell to enemy forces in battle. In the years after, Castillo San Marcos served many purposes, including as a prison. One can only imagine the amount of death and torture within these fort walls. In 1763, the Brits tried a new tactic. After the Seven Years' War, Britain gained Florida in exchange for returning Havana and Manila to Spain. They were the diplomatic route. During the American Revolutionary War, the the forts became a prison for hundreds of revolutionary fighters. The battlement became a prisoner of war camp for the forces of Washington captured in Charleston. In 1779, the Spaniards, with a bee in their bonnets after the last dust-off, once more declared war on Spain. The Spaniards waged battle with the Brits and overtook most forts along the Florida coast. They were just fighting to fucking fight. I just love your... The bee in the bonnet? The bee in the bonnet. Yes. You knew. (laughs) You knew the part I love. (laughs) Got a fucking wild hair up his ass. Let's wage war! (laughs) In 1783, the Treaty of Paris was signed and Florida fell back into the Spaniards' hands. God, Jesus, leave us alone. 
1821, in the first bloodless exchange, a minor miracle back then, Florida was bought up by the United States and the fort was ceased as part of the bargain. The states nicknamed the place the Swamp Fox, and for almost 10 years, most of the action it saw was against roaming bands of pirates. In 1870, this is the reason why Florida is Florida. Jesus, listen to this history lesson. In 1837, during the Second Seminole War, Chief Osceola was taken prisoner while attending a peace conference under a flag of truce. Really? He was imprisoned in St. Marcos. The same year, Uchi Billy, chief of the Uchi Band in Florida, was also captured. Both men were decapitated by Dr. Frederick Whedon. Whedon kept their severed heads in a preserve at Azacuros. In 1861, Florida succeeds for the United States and joins the Confederate side of the Civil War. The fort became a Confederate stronghold. The Union recovered the fort in 1862. For the rest of its history, the fort was used as a prisoner for Native Americans. Many of these prisoners were held in horrible conditions and died inside San Marcos. Among the captors were White Chief Horse, Gray Beard, and the Howling Chief Howling Wolf. In 1898, over 200 deserters from the Spanish-American War were imprisoned at the fort. So, boiling it down, dozens of wars, 205 years of service under five different flags, untold hurricanes, unaccountable pirate raids, bloodshed on a massive scale, and a prison for the undisenfranchised. Oh, and a guy who got a tickle from decapitating prisoners and then preserving their severed heads just for the heck of it. And let's not forget the small fact of the Protestant massacre. Are the heads still around? I hope not. He said they're preserved. Like, they were in a fucking jar. You put it this in a fucking museum. guy. Like, that'd be, I don't think this place is haunted at all. Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It is any wonder that Castillo San Marco is a spook fest. Oh, and one last thing. During the many years it took to build the fort, a number of workers died due to hard labor, tropical heat, and diseases. During this time of Spanish control, it is believed that a hidden room in the lower chambers was used as a torture chamber during the brutal Spanish Inquisition. It wouldn't be until years later that the room was discovered with the heavy American cannon fell through the floor, revealing a room containing ashes and human bones. <gasps> Let's break down what people have already experienced and I seen. I never knew that part. <laughs> so let's break down what people have actually experienced and seen inside the fort. Okay. What supernatural madness has wormed its way out of the places, shadows, and cemented itself as a regular player in some of the visitors' nightmares. Reports of paranormal activity at the Castillo include sightings of Spanish soldiers patrolling the grounds, the phantoms of Seminole Indians leaping to freedom from a high fortress wall, a so Spanish soldier who is spied at sunset standing at the edge of the fort, lights shining in the watchtower on stormy nights, a cold hand pressing on visitors' nape in the dungeons, fucking nope, mm. unexplained noises and loud conversations, feeling ill after visiting certain spots, shadow figures, ghosts of dead soldiers, an adulterous woman stalking the Castillo in the afterlife, catching a whiff of strong perfume is a sign that she's nearby. The sounds of screams and photos of capturing misty shapes and strange lights and orbs. The ghostly residence of the Castillo de San Marco. So, the embalmed survivor. You will, will you encounter Osceola's headless corpse within the walls of this old fortress? No, I won't. <laughs> 
Osceola was a Native American leader and member of the Seminole tribe, a cunning chief. He managed to avoid capture by the military during the Second Seminole War from 1835 to 1842. That was until 1837 when he was tricked into custody with a false truce and transported to Castillo San Marcos along with 200 of his men. The chief had been in poor health before his capture and was suffering from chronic malaria, tonsillitis, and abscesses. Abscesses where? In the tonsillitis area? I hope not. Oh, God. Maybe his crotch, the size of a strawberry. Oh, oh, God. Once incarcerated, prominent physician Dr. Whedon was called to treat Osceola, and the two became incredibly close. Not long after, Osceola and several other Seminoles were were transferred to Fort Maldry in South Carolina, where he became somewhat of a celebrity, Townsmen will flock to the prison to catch a glimpse of his mystical man, and local painters convinced them to let him paint him despite his illnesses. While in South Carolina, only three months after his capture, the Native American leader died of Quincy, an infection in the back of the throat. <laughs> Surprisingly, Osceola moved to South Carolina, didn't disrupt his friendship with Dr. Wheaton. The doctor continued to visit and treat Osceola until his death, and even his family grew to love him. The beautiful friendship took a sinister turn when the doctor decided to honor his friend by severing his head and keeping it as a momentum. After his death, though? Yes. Well, so it didn't really take a turn until after he... Well, that's fucking gross. Yeah, I know, but the chief didn't know. Ew! ew, uh. No, 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 I meant... I, never mind. Before the funeral, while the doctor was alone preparing the body, he cut off Osceola's head and wrapped the cut with a scarf. Maybe he wanted a memento of his friend. It didn't stop there, though. He also took some of the belongings the chief was to be buried with. A friend? A sleaze is more like it. To preserve the head, the witch doctor placed it in a jar with alcohol before bringing it to St. Augustine and displaying it in his drugstore. Unfortunately, at the time, Native American body parts, especially the heads, were considered valuable trophies. People went to great lengths to obtain them, even if it meant desecrating a human body. And this story is just as troubling as it is frightening. Many believe the chief still haunts the grounds of San Marco after all the trauma his corpse has been subjected to. Visitors often report seeing unexplained shadows walking in the fort, and some claim to have witnessed a headless apparition, like in Sleepy Fucking Hollow. (laughs) Another phenomenon included unexpected drops in temperature, sudden chills, and hearing disembodied voices. Mm, The strange sightings have been- sudden chill is going from um, outside in Florida to inside a stone structure that retains some coolness. And you want to tell me what the hearing disembodied voices is? That's the other people in the other room. Oh, okay. Because there's right. always... You're, you're never right. alone there. You're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> These strange sightings have been attributed to the chief, but it could likely be any of the Native Americans who took their last breaths inside this prison. Mm. A dangerous perfume. According to local legend, a local man with an interest in architecture uncovered a hidden secret while exploring the fort. He was walking when he heard a hollow sounds coming from one of the walls. At the removing of few bricks... He exposed a hidden cavity within the fort and illuminated it with his lantern. Inside, he found the skeletal remains of two individuals chained to the wall. Oh, no. (laughs) He soon realized who they were, missing lovers Dolores and Manuel. In 1784, Colonel Garcia Marty and his young wife Dolores arrived in St. Augustine to start a new life. 
the colonel was assigned a handsome and charming assistant named Captain Manuel Ablera, who Dolores welcomed with open arms and probably legs. So, huh. Colonel Garcia was a cold man, uh-huh. too occupied with the fort and its soldiers to pay attention to his wife, neglected and mistreated by her husband. Dolores sought love from another man, Captain Abela. One day, Abela reported for his daily meeting with Colonel Marty. While shaking Abela's hand, the colonel took a deep breath and then narrowed his eyes in recognition. Marty just smelled his wife's perfume on the captain and immediately knew they were having an affair. <laughs> By the next day... How well, many perfume brands were around back then? <laughs> just saying. Just this one. <laughs> it was Coco Chanel, number five. <laughs> it was St. Augustine, number one. <laughs> My girl. God, I love you. Mm-hmm. By the next day, both Dolores and Captain Abela now nowhere to be found. When questioned about Dolores' disappearance, the colonel claimed she had become suddenly ill and had taken to her aunt's home to recover. He also explained she would be moving back to Spain to live with family. Get that bitch out of here. Mm-hmm. When he was questioned about the whereabouts of Captain Abela, the colonel claimed he had just sent them to Cuba on a special assignment. His story was strange, since Dolores didn't seem ill, and Abela would never return without saying goodbye to his fellow soldiers. Despite the doubts, however, the colonel was never questioned further. It wasn't until their bodies were discovered that the truth came to light. Colonel Marty had kidnapped the couple and locked them away, let them to starve within the dark, cold walls of San Marco. But it wasn't all bad. At least now, they were an explanation for the hauntings. People touring the Castillo have reported smelling a sweet, flowery perfume and feeling as if they were being watched. Once you smell the strong scent, the hairs in the back of your neck will stand, leaving you feeling like you've just been encountered by a restless spirit. Damn. The area of the fort, with the bridge in the center of the photo, where a shadow figure had been seen in 2018 by the CEO. Local lore has always explored the unidentified ghostly figure said to haunt the fort, there are plenty of stories detailing paranormal encounters at the Castillo, but one stems from a personal experience by the staffers had. In 2018, the CEO and general manager were visiting St. Augustine on business. Being avid ghost hunters, they decided to walk over the fort to take photographs at night. Why the fuck would you do that? Like you're asking for shit. They were ghost hunters, so yes, they were asking fuck for that shit. shit. <laughs> Go away. Okay. They were taking photos of the top portion of the fort when they saw a shadow figure walking over the drawbridge below. They described the character as being an average height and build and a brisk walker. Believing it was a man, they waited for him to pass so they could continue taking pictures. When the person failed to walk into the castillo, they looked over and realized there was no one there. They seen an apparition. Both of them described the figures as the clearest shadow persons they've ever seen. But don't take our word for it. Many visitors have seen the mysterious man walking the Castillo. He is said to pace back and forth by the walls, and some have even spotted him walking outside the fort. Theories as to who this man is range from the spirit of a dead soldier to a frightening interdimensional entity. Okay. I know. That's a good fucking turn. That did take a turn. Although we might never find out who the spirit is, it is a look into the past might help us begin to answer some of our questions. Whether it's a strong smell of Dolores' perfume, disembodied footsteps, echoing voices, 
or full apparition, the Castillo will undoubtedly leave you speechless. That is my spooky. I love it. I've been there, but <laughs> I, I'd love to do like a ghost tour there. I just did, you know, a thing with the then husband It sounds and the good. Kids. Yeah. All right. Good job. Since that was a mini, Thank we'll you. keep it short. Go to our website, fstcpod.com. And Sue Haley, what are you going to tell us to squeeze? Uh, apple cider. Apple cider? I thought we were doing pumpkins the whole season. I know. Season. I like apple Thank cider. Thank you. Me too. All right. Squeeze an apple. Get some cider. <laughs> Bye. Bye.